Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But I still couldn't get the mind, the spirit to be intact at that. So like I said, I went back to this guy, N.W. Britain. He abandoned, you know, like a silver lining. I'm going to be all right. I'm an amazing person. I'm going to be a great mom. So that was about in May. June, I was having some difficulties, so I went to my OBGYN, and she told me there was no heartbeat and that I had lost the baby. So it took me a month to get used to it, and I'm still working on trying to get used to the fact that I lost it. But at any rate, you know, I'm I'm blaming myself because I'm like, I'm lifting weights, I'm still running. What's going on? How does this happen? I'm I'm healthy. Like, how does this happen? So like I said, back in November, uh, in November 2014, when I got my thyroid checked out and found out that I had something there, but my blood work was normal, so I didn't do about it. Come to find out I had a, a nodule on my thyroid. And when you have an uh, underactive, overactive, or any type of thyroid problem, it causes so many problems in your body. Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Melody is somebody who's really entertaining and energetic, makes her living in the classroom with high school students, which I can't imagine being with them all day, but she's been doing it. And I think she's moving to her third school since she's gotten out of school back in maybe 06 or 07. And, you know, I don't want to steal too much of her thunder, but I'm just, I've been a fan. You know, I've been able to watch her through social media, and, of course, we schooled together in college. So with that, Melody, I'm going <laughs> to jump in and, and tell your story. So... I'm actually going to start from college and kind of give you some background to why health became so important to me. Just keep in mind, like, there's three divisions of health that you need to make sure kind of stays intact in order to be completely healthy, and, you know, that's mind, body, and spirit. So we'll get to that, though. I graduated from A&T in December 2005, and the reason I had to stay an extra semester was my senior year, I actually lost a brother. And the whole time I was in college, kind of a good girl, sorority girl, but not crazy, crazy, didn't drink, didn't do anything. So when my brother passed away, I decided, hey, i got to be here an extra semester. I'm going to get an extra degree. So I actually graduated with two bachelor's degrees from A&T in December 2005. In December, I felt like I had accomplished a lot, and I was like, I can relax a little bit, even though my goal was to be a doctor by or have my doctorate by 27. But because I was kind of engulfed in school, I was like, I'm going to live a little bit. So instead of dealing with 
the grief from my brother's death, I ended up becoming a party girl. Like I graduated at 23 and I started drinking at 23. And it was it was weekend drinks. It was, you know, hey, let's take a trip to Vegas in the middle of the school year. You know, my principal doesn't mind, so we'll take a vacation and go and party it up. Um, again, I was not taking care of my mind, and I definitely was not taking care of my body because drinking is a lot of empty calories. I learned the hard way. Fast forward a little bit, 2012. So that's a whole seven-year lapse. That was seven years of me partying and traveling and just wasting money and everything. And mind you, this whole time, I'm living at home with my parents. Not necessarily out of necessity, but I just had a lot of disposable income, so I was just going any and everywhere, not really thinking about consequences of, of life. I was just enjoying my life. So like I said, fast forward to 2012. I have a brother that has, well, I have three brothers and a sister, and like I said, one brother passed away. My oldest brother has diabetes. My sister has diabetes. My mother has diabetes. In a span of like three months, maybe even less than that, my brother got hospitalized because he got bit by a mosquito, it got infected, and because he had diabetes, his body wouldn't heal properly. So he ended up getting admitted into the hospital. His sugar level shot up to like 700. He ended up, pancreas does not even work, okay? So that was in maybe September of 2012. Two weeks later, my mom gets hospitalized because she gets a sinus infection and gets dehydrated so much, again, because her body doesn't heal because of the diabetes, she got dehydrated so much they put her in the hospital. So, you know, at this time I'm like, man, you know, I'm weighing like 300 pounds. I don't know how I feel about this because if it's in him, it's in her, and they get in hospital, I hate hospitals, so I might need to do something about this. But I didn't know what to do at the time. Fast forward a little bit, my sister, like I said, had diabetes, but at the time it was gestational diabetes. Now it is full-blown diabetes. But at the time, it was gestational. She was pregnant with my fourth nephew from her. And she had to go in early. She had to be put on bed rest because of diabetes. So this is my third, like, wake-up call, back to back to back. I need to do something about my life. I still wasn't exactly ready. So let me rewind a little bit. I tried to lose weight before, like 2009 or whatever. I was like, well, I need to lose a little bit of weight. But it was for the wrong reasons. My thing was talking to a guy. I'm sensing that it's about to end. Hey, if I lose some weight, maybe he'll stay. Didn't work. And the little bit of weight that I lost came right back probably threefold. So, again, so we're back to 2012. You know, my 30th birthday was in 2012. I went probably overboard with the partying. So at that time, I was like, yeah, something's definitely got to change. 2013, I started doing couch to 5K. And it was fun. Then I got a sinus infection, and it was it caused me to be dehydrated, so it kind of took me out, and I just stopped working out. But that was in February. No, that was in uh, January. So again, fast forward to February. I'm on Instagram, and I'm talking about, you know, wanting to lose weight and upset because I really don't know where to start, I get a message from this friend of mine, and he says, hey, have you ever heard of Herbalife? Herbalife is this thing that I'm taking, and, you know, I dropped like 14 pounds in a week, and then it helped me to, to get on track to lose weight and everything like that. So like I said, I didn't know where to start. I was like, hey, let me try that. So my first shipment of Herbalife was in March 2013. I tried it out. I lost seven pounds within a week without exercising, without doing anything different, just taking two shakes a day and eating like a sensible meal. So at that point, when I looked at the scale from one week to the next week and I had lost seven pounds, I was hooked. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I lost weight just by changing my diet. What will happen if I start walking? So I want to say this might have been late March that year. I took the first steps to my new lifestyle. 
and I have not looked back since. That first time I went out there, I couldn't even walk a full mile. That's how out of shape I was. I walked a half a mile. It took me about nine minutes. I stopped, you know, got some water, stretched a little bit, took a breather, went back out, walked another half mile. Altogether, it took me about 20 minutes to walk a full mile. And But like I said, from that point on, I never looked back. What happened in 2013 and 2014 and, and leading into 2015 was about every three or so months, I changed something about myself that put me into a better position to get healthy and to, to gain control over my health. Like I said, the first step was changing my diet a little bit. But And I, I literally mean a little bit. I was still eating fast food. I was still drinking. I was still, you know, I wasn't partying as much, but I was still not as serious. But I was walking, and I had started walking with weights, so doing my thing. So that was, again, March to about May. Around May was when I decided, hey, I've been doing this for three months now. Or, you know, at the end of, towards the end of May, I was like, I've been doing this for three months now. I think it would be okay for me to get a gym membership. So I didn't want to be one of those people that got a gym membership and it just sat there. I, I didn't want to waste money on that. Around May, I met with a personal trainer. He hooked me up with a program or whatever to, to learn how to lift weights. And then, like I said, again, that was the three-month mark. I had started something new. Around that time, I, I had gone from 283 pounds to 250. So in three months, I'd lost 30 pounds. And that's when I began chronicling everything on Instagram. And I know some people are probably looking at like, uh, that looks like the same picture from last week. But to me, I see minor differences that keep me going. And I can actually pull pictures from March of 2013 I can pull pictures from just about every month, and I'll know exactly what I was doing and, you know, how everything was going at that time. Fast forward a little bit more. So we're in the gym now, got a personal trainer. I'm learning how to lift weights. I, I've fallen back in love with Zumba because I started going to a Zumba class regularly there, which that will become important a little bit later. But so, you know, I've fallen back in love with Zumba. Fast forward to about... December that year. So, you know, I've, I've got a healthy track going, though. About By December, I was about 230 pounds, so I'd already lost 53 pounds. And at that point in December, I decided to take it a step further. I'm not a cook. That's why I needed help with the Herbalife or whatever. I, I, don't, I don't like to cook. That's not my ministry. I just don't like to do it. But in December, I made another decision. I was like, okay. For me to lose this belly fat, there are certain foods that I need to eat, and I'm not going to be able to get those if I just go to the store and try to pick it up. I'm going to have to cook this stuff. So starting around my birthday in December, I started doing what people know as meal prep. So, you know, I'm still doing Herbalife two times a day, but I started cooking a meal in between, and I started, you know, figuring out snacks that I can eat in between that. So I, I had gotten up to eating about five times a day, which is good if you want to keep your metabolism going. And the big thing was going from December to January for New Year's, I brought in New Year's sober, completely sober. I was drinking water the whole day. So those were my big changes for December. I just started I started doing meal prep. I started figuring out different foods that affect different parts of the body and different um, endocrine systems and everything like that different glands, like I said, I stopped drinking because, again, that's a lot of empty calories. One shot of Patron is like 90 calories. All right, so I'm going into January, and and by this time, I'm able to run three miles straight. I've learned to lift a little bit heavier, and everything's going pretty great. Come March that year, I've lost a lot of weight. I had lost 70 whole pounds. I was down to 210 pounds. I was so proud of myself but I would look in the mirror and I would see saggy skin. And and I was just, you know, I was like, oh, I love this. I can fit. I went from a, a size extra, extra large to a, a large, almost into a medium. But I wanted to take it a step further. So, again, I go back to social media because, you know, I'm chronicling every single thing that I do on, on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. 
So I go to social media and I ask my followers the question, what do I do for loose skin? And the suggestion was to lift heavy. You know, like 135 and above or whatever's heavy for you. At that point, you know, I was like, what? Lift heavy? I don't want to look like a man. I just want I just want I just want the loose skin to go away. I just want to be tight. I want to be toned, which by the way, I hate that word now. But I want to be toned. I don't want to be I don't want to be flabby. But she convinced me, one of my sorority sisters convinced me that in order to get the skin to be tighter, you have to get the muscle underneath to be tighter. So I made another plan. I decided I was going to lift heavy one time a week. One time a week. That lasted for about two weeks because then I got addicted to lifting heavier. <laughs> I'm going probably two, three times a week lifting heavy, and then the other two days kind of chilling and probably doing some type of cardio class or whatever. And, again, I'm still doing Herbalife. All right, so we're going to fast forward a little bit more. Come November that year, November 2014, I had noticed that there was a small growth on my neck like underneath the skin, of course, but on my neck. And I was confused. So I asked my mom, do you see this? She said, yeah, you need to go to the doctor and get that checked out. Come to find out, I had what is called a nodule. I didn't know it at the time because they wanted to do an ultrasound. And I was like, so you want to take a, a scan of my neck for $400, but my blood work says everything's okay. Nah, I'm good. And that was probably a pivotal decision that I wish had gone the other way. But, you know, such is life. You live, you learn, and you move on. All right, so that kind of takes care of the body, right? Because like I said, there's three factions for, for health overall, and that's mind, body, and spirit. So I had to change my mind a little bit because I wasn't somebody that liked to cook. I wasn't somebody that was going to do meal prep. I liked going out and having fun and partying and all that stuff, but I had to change my mind about that in order to engulf, get engulfed in this, this lifestyle even more than I was. And, of course, the whole time I'm seeing the changes in my body. But my mind was not in, in complete connection with spiritual. So, and, and the reason I say that is I was having problems still with relationships. So in 2014, I decided to give love a chance because from 2013 to 2014, I said, no, this is all about me. I'm not worried about anybody. It's all about me. So in 2014, I decided to try a relationship and see how that worked with me working out and, you know, me working and me moving to a new school system. Well, it didn't work out. And um, so that kind of takes me to 2015. After that didn't work out, what I found out about myself is when a relationship goes sour, I usually go back to what's familiar. So what I did was I ended up going back to a gentleman that I had known most of my life. And just from one night, I ended up getting pregnant. And this is not something that I expected. This is not something I honestly wanted. But me being me, I always try to look at the silver lining. So it took me about a month to get used to the idea that I was going to be a mom. And mind you, I had gotten all the way down to a size medium. I was I was feeling good. To me, I was looking good. But I still couldn't get the mind, the spirit to be intact at that. So like I said, I went back to this guy, N.W.A. Britain. He abandoned, you know, like a silver lining. I'm going to be all right. I'm an amazing person. I'm going to be a great mom. So that was about in May, June. I was having some difficulties, so I went to my OBGYN, and she told me that it was no heartbeat and that I had lost the baby. So it took me a month to get used to it, and I'm still working on trying to get used to the fact that I lost it. But at any rate, you know, I'm I'm blaming myself because I'm like, I'm lifting weights. I'm still running. What's going on? How does this happen? I'm, I'm healthy. Like, how does this happen? So like I said, back in November, uh, in November 2014, when I got my thyroid checked out, and 
found out that I had something there, but my blood work was normal, so I didn't do it about it. Come to find out I had a, a nodule on my thyroid, and when you have an uh, underactive, overactive, any type of thyroid problem, it causes so many problems in your body. So how did I get this nodule on my thyroid, you asked? I'm glad you did. The Herbalife that I had been taking for two straight years is soy-based protein, soy-based milk replacement, most of the pills had some type of soy in it, and, and I found out that I'm allergic to soy. Soy is a goitrogen, so it causes goiters on your thyroid. So this is something that I could have fixed probably back in November or, you know, going into the year, but I didn't because I was like, I'll be okay. And it came back to kind of bite me in the butt. So anyway. You know, the doctors kept trying to feed me medicine. And one thing that I dislike is non-natural stuff. The only reason why I did the Herbalife for so long is because it's it's supposedly natural. You know, all natural, plant-based, all that good stuff. They wanted me to take Lexapro, which is a depression medicine. They tried to give me a different one because I didn't want to take that. They tried to give me this stuff called Effector. I didn't want to take that. They tried to give me Ambien for sleep. Didn't want to take that. And for all the pain and stuff like that, from from actually because I actually gave birth to a stillborn child. For all the pain, they tried to give me like hydrocodeine and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't want any of that stuff. If I can work out, I will be okay. And that's what I kept telling the doctors the whole time. If I can work out, I'll be okay because I know that. Working out kicks those endorphins up, and it really gets me going. It puts me in a happy place. So, all right, they tell me that i got to stay out for six weeks from working out, from doing anything, from lifting anything over a milk carton. And I'm just like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Well, luckily, I got hired for summer school, so it kept my mind busy for those six weeks. All right, so I get back into working out finally. Super excited. Going hard, I'm like, yes, I'm back in the gym. I'm happy, so I thought, but, you know, I'm doing great. I decided to go hard like three days in a row. I was on the track. I did like two miles walking and running intervals, 60 tire flips. Then I went to the gym and did leg raises with a weighted bar. Okay, that was one day. So then the next day, go back to the gym and I'm, Lifting 145 pounds, which, I mean, if they tell me you're not supposed to lift a milk carton, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to lift 145, squat 145 pounds. So I'm squatting. I'm doing these things called good morning. Great exercise to um, tighten your butt up, too, by the way, if you want to lift your buttocks. Squats help. Good mornings are better. So anyway, um, that's an aside. So I was squats, good morning, and deadlifts and glute bridges. Okay, so, you know, the next day my back's a little sore, and I'm like, ah, it's okay. I still got my personal trainer appointment today, and after my personal trainer appointment, I'm going to Zumba. Tuesday, on Tuesday, we do Zumba. Okay, so I'm doing chest with her, and I'm I'm going in and everything, and I get finished with my last set of my last rep of my last exercise, and I go to stand up. And I felt a sharp pain in my back, like I've never felt before. And I was like, oh, again, I'll be okay. So after what I found out was pulling a muscle in my back, I went into Zumba and did 60 minutes of Zumba. And then after doing 60 minutes of Zumba, I went and sat in the sauna for 20 minutes. The next day, I could not walk at all. Like, I had to call my mama to come over here to my apartment to come and help me get out the bed, help my grown behind get out the bed. And my nephew, the three-year-old, was so confused because his mama is just the strongest woman he knows. So how is she crying and carrying on? So anyway, again, I'm telling the doctors, if I could work out, I'll be fine. This back injury put me out of the out of the gym for another eight weeks. My mind is going somewhere everywhere. What did I do? 
how did I, what happened? Was it the color run I did right before? Like, what What happened? How did I lose this kid? And it got so bad that um, in November I ended up going to therapy, which was great. If you can't figure stuff out on your own, therapy really does help. At any rate, so, you know, lose a baby, pull a back muscle. Those are two things within two months that really made 2014 suck. But wait, there's more. (laughs) So after I pull my back muscle, I get a letter in the mail, and my mind's not right. So I, I look at the letter, and I just kind of push it to the side. Come to find out, it's wage garnishment from the IRS. So the next month when I get my check from school, which, you know, they don't pay teachers much as it is, I'm missing $400 from my check. Now I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So I'm I'm freaking out, you know. Lost the baby, pulled a muscle on my back, and now people are taking my money. Okay. So then once I figured that out and I, I found a solution to that, I fixed that. Um, I start trying to figure out what's going on with my thyroid. I go to the doctor. I finally get that ultrasound that I didn't want to get. Oh, rewind a little bit. Back in April, part of the reason why I started accepting being a mom so much was because I got pregnancy Medicaid. Don't ask me how. So everything that dealt with my pregnancy was going to be free. And that took a load off of me because I was like, I don't have the support of this dude that I've known for 13 years. I have the support of my family. My mom's excited because she's always wanted me to have a kid, even though I told her, I don't want kids, and if I get married, maybe I'll give you a grandkid. But at any rate, I know I have the support of my family, but I didn't have support from the father. So the pregnancy Medicaid was a godsend. So I could afford the the thyroid uh, ultrasound. Get the ultrasound. They said, that thing is huge. We have to do a biopsy. So I don't know if y'all know what biopsies are for, but I start freaking out because I'm like, oh, God, I got cancer. I lost the baby. I pulled a muscle on my back. They still have my money, and I got cancer. And they were like, well, no, you know, the chances of you having cancer is slim, but we're going to do fine needle aspiration just to check. So then it was a waiting game. I got the fine needle aspiration in maybe November, and I didn't find out whether I had cancer or not until December. And thank goodness I did not. So, again, 2015 started out so beautifully. I had gotten all the way down to a medium. I was lifting. I could squat 225 pounds. I could bench press 195 pounds, deadlift 265 pounds. Everything was going great at the beginning of 2015. And then just back to back to back to back to back. Everything just started collapsing around me. Like I said, in order to get my body back in order, I had to get my mind and spirit back in order. So I started going to therapy. Like I said, it really helped. She was very informative, of course, because that's her craft. I'm a teacher. I'm not a counselor or anything. So I was just listening to her and and dealing with the grief and dealing with the post-traumatic stress because it was traumatic. So let's fast forward to 2016 now. So we, we get all this stuff out of the way. We, um, Jerome and I were talking on the phone earlier about humbling experiences. So the entire year of 2015 was very humbling to me. I got down to 210, and right now I'm sitting at 258 pounds, but I'm okay with it, and I'll tell you why. This whole time, like I said, I fell in love with Zumba again. I, I wanted to do... I've wanted to become an instructor for years. I don't know why I didn't. Maybe it was money. So finally this year, March 2016, I said, you know what? I'm going to start getting myself back, getting my mind back in order. So I became a Zumba instructor. That was my first goal for the year, pay for the instructor license so I can go and teach Zumba because it makes me so happy that I want to make other people just as happy as I. And then the other thing I wanted to do was, I set a goal to run three 5Ks, a 10K, and a half marathon. Now, I've, I've run 5Ks for – I, I can run those in my sleep. 
I've done 10Ks before. I've never done a half marathon before this year. My thing was my whole running season was dedicated to my deceased child. And if you go on my Instagram, you'll see a lot of stuff that says Poor Maggie. That's the name that I had given to my child. It was going to be Melody Marie Simpson Jr. Not that I'm a narcissist or anything like that. I just like my name. So, And her nickname was going to be Maggie. So everything this year has been for Maggie. I used all the 5Ks that I ran this year to help me get ready for my half marathon. And the, the reason why it was so spe- special to me was June 4th last year, when I was in the hospital, when I was in the hospital, you know, for Maggie. So this year I said, instead of sitting at home and crying and being sad, I'm going to honor her. I am going to run a half marathon, which is something that I'm going to do something epic on June 4th so that I'm not sad on that day. And I don't know if you've ever run a half marathon, but that's the only thing you can think about. You can't think about anything else but trying to finish. And I set three goals for my half marathon. One goal was to finish which I did. One goal was not to finish last, which I did not. There were like 11 or 12 people behind me. And the third goal I did not achieve, but I'm going to try to do that when the ne- when I do my next half marathon, and that was to finish in three hours and 10 minutes, but no more than like three hours and 30 minutes. I ended up finishing in three hours and 30 minutes. I mean, that's, that's pretty much my story. I'm pretty sure I left some stuff out, but are there any questions? Why didn't you give up? Not my story. What, are you talking about after the miscarriage or just in general? I'm listening. I mean... We could just talk about 2015 by itself. Miscarriage, abandoned, then miscarriage, then you can't do what makes you happy, cancer scare, losing a big portion of your check. How do you not just stick your head in the sand and pack it in? Who's supporting you? Who is there telling you that it's going to work out? I mean... There were a lot of people that were there supporting, and it was it was people that I wouldn't expect. I'd actually lost friendships because the people that I expected to be didn't hear just random people say, you know, I know things are rough right now, but everything's going to work out. Jerome, you were one of those people. I don't know if you know how much hangouts and stuff like that meant to me, but man, listen, it helped. And then like I said, just random people like, oh, one thing that definitely helped. I reached out to one of my fraternity brothers who was asking me, how's everything going? And I'm not one to lie. I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not going well right. And he was like, well, I don't know how to help you, but what I can do is I can put you in contact with somebody that just experienced the same thing. So he gives me the phone number to somebody that had just had a miscarriage maybe in like April or something like that. And when we connected for like sisterhood right there. And like we, we're still in contact now. Both of us went through therapy. She lives all the way in Wisconsin. It's just been awesome. So, I mean, that, like I said, my parents couldn't couldn't go on without them. Sister, brother, my family, nieces. I have nine nieces away. That's why I didn't want to have two. Yeah, just people being in my corner, it really helped. Were there people there that told you just to quit? Or? Well, there was there weren't, but there was one instance where I called somebody that I considered to be pretty good, you know, even best friend. And, you know, I was like, hey, things happen. I ended up pregnant. <laughs> and I'm going to be a mom. And the first thing they said was, but I thought you said. And to me, I was just like, okay, but what I'm saying right now is I'm pregnant. I'm going to be a mom. And this is, you know, and her thing was, well, I thought you said you didn't want to have kids. And I'm like, okay. I said, however, life happened. I'm going to be a mom. This is how it's going. So she was one of the first people I text when I was in the hospital, on the hospital bed, you know, in the hospital bed. And I still have her, so, I mean, like I said, I've, I've lost some people that I thought were some great friends, and I've gained, whew, because I know her, like, rock solid in my After losing such close friends, how did you come to terms with the fact that, you know, these relationships were over and there was no fixing them, I guess? I don't know if you tried and it didn't work or no, you didn't even I want to or... I haven't tried, and and at this current juncture, I don't even want to. Because like I said, at the point where I needed and the people I reached out to turned their back on. So I just kept it moving, and that's that's how I do life. You know, even when stuff is going so bad or so sour, I just know that there's silver lining there. There's a lesson in whatever whatever I'm going through, and I'm going to make it out of the other side. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I haven't tried to fix it. I'm good on that. And actually, dream, kel- dream catchers help me to understand a little bit better that people really do have a, like, these are the people that 
when I say I used to travel to New York, Georgia, Vegas, Miami, Texas, wherever I went, they were there with me, drinking and partying with me, usually on my dime. But when I needed, they were not there. I am so excited because I'm going on a runcation for Labor Day. I'll be running Virginia Beach. Um, I'm actually doing a mile on this Saturday, and I'm running a half marathon on that. I'm doing both of them. Woohoo! We'll have to meet, take pictures, post them on Instagram. Do that. Got to happen. Yeah, Melody, I'll connect you with Ann later today or probably tomorrow. So, if you would tell people how you really haven't gotten to your dreams and how your how everything you've went through is preparing you for what you you really want. So. You talked about getting your certification in Zumba, but let's talk about some of the steps you've been walking through in the first six months of this year to make that a reality, some of the connections you've made, and just how that plan is coming together since you've written it out and actually started working on it. Let me tell you what. So um, I have a mentor, Michelle, is like a little fireball, one of the hypest people I've ever met. She's even hyper than me, she's more hyper than me, and I have a lot of energy. So I feed off her energy in her class, and she kind of pushed me to become an instructor an instructor this year. So I was like, well, I do want to do my first class by myself, and I wanted to do that. I just don't know how to She's like, well, you can come and do songs in my class whenever you want. So pretty much in her Tuesday class, she lets me do a couple songs. If I have a new song, she'll let me try it out in front of, you know, the crowd and everything. And every time I do a song after the class, I have about 15 people coming up to me. Hey, when are you going to start doing class? And I'm so excited because I'm like, yes but I'm moving. So I can't even start down here and say it, though, with the people that are familiar with me. But at any rate, so since I've become a Zumba instructor, I've, I've actually participated in the Zumba class. Like I said, I, in her class, like regular. I didn't tell you this yet, Jerome, but yesterday or Sunday, she invited me to come and um, help her keep Zumba for a group of AKAs. They wanted to have an exercise. It was a program that they did, excuse me, that they do for Alzheimer awareness. And she was like, hey, Mel, you need to come out here and um, you can help me lead the class. And I'm just like, okay. So not just her, but there's also about six other Zoom instructors that I've come in contact with that they're like, hey, whenever you do something, you let me know and we're going to bring our people. So either I'm doing a really good job or they're just, you know, talking about <laughs> But I was really hyped about the Zoomathon because it was just me. Nobody knew the routine. It wasn't the class that you did either. A bunch of brand new people. And I'm excited to take my talents to weight camp. There are a lot more gyms than weight camp. Oh, and uh, one thing she told me to do was get on the sub list, which I didn't even know there was a such thing as a But she said, get on the sub list. If somebody's out, take their place. Let the people get used to you. If, you know, if it goes so, you know, if it goes well, the gym might just go ahead and hire you. So that's the get on the sub list. I'm already on the sub And I think one thing that was kind of, you didn't really speak to it much, but I guess before we actually started recording the call, you started talking about how you're paying more attention to your finances now. Oh, oh, You're taking care of some things now. Oh, so um, that's another thing. I mean, I was going down that path, but Dreamcatchers has definitely helped me with that. I've always paid attention to my credit score, but I just haven't paid, I guess, enough attention. Are you talking about the the news that I was telling you about? I I don't know if you want to share that, but... So I, I'm going to have a roommate when I move to Wake County. We applied for a home to rent, and we were declined. But come to find out, it wasn't because of me. The the stuff that I've learned through, through Dreamcatchers and all the stuff that I've also, you know, researched or whatever is really helping. And that is going to lead me to another dream that I have, which is home I think that is a good one. Um, I, I know you mentioned earlier that you cleaned up the stuff with the IRS. I know you've gotten on a written budget, which... I think it's helping you feel like you have more money in your day-to-day life. But the fact that, you know, you went in and you're trying to figure out your housing situation and your co-applicant wasn't as strong as you yeah, does a couple of hurts, things. But... Right. I mean, it, it hurts, but in the same token, it, it allows you you're, – you're in control of your destiny, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, right? So you can go on your own and get it, and it just changes things. But – it's an inconvenience and not a catastrophe. And for me, that is critical in everything. You, there are some things, like when you're not paying attention to your money, you're paycheck to paycheck, or you don't have a credit score where, where you're not able to qualify for things when you're not in a place to pay for them outright. You know, for some people, 50 or or $100 becomes a catastrophe. And you, you end up in a cycle where you cannot get out of it. I mean, it's a spiral, and I mean, 
the things that happened in your life were all physical and it sucks because that was what made you happy. And it's I can't imagine being in that space where everything that makes you happy is just kind of snatched away from you. And I can understand why you were depressed. I think we do live in, in our society, we live in a space where the answer is a pill. I applaud you for not taking the pills and for, you know, going back to, to the natural thing. I know one thing Deshaun drills in me is food is medicine if you choose the right thing. And food can also be a curse. So, you know, you made all these changes, which are extremely exciting. And I think just going through the process of hunting your dreams and getting them, you know, I felt like I ran a half marathon, and I know I can't run a marathon, a half marathon. I can't even run a 5K, but yes, you, can. you, you just finished. No, I haven't trained for it. My body's not prepared for it, not to mention I've got torn ligaments in my knees and so on. But, I mean, I I can walk, you know, and did something really cool for us at work where she organized a 5K for everybody, and we walked it. There were a few people who ran, but... You know, I, I wasn't one of those people, but I was the first walker to finish, and the only reason I was in that space is because I've been competing with a bunch of people on uh, Fitbit. So, you know, it's it's just really cool to see somebody who's been through the cycles of the different seasons, seeing their dreams come true in some regards, and then seeing those dreams turn into nightmares at times, and knowing that It'll become a dream again, I think, is is everything if you don't give up. I mean, you know, if you're driving a car and you get into all these curves and you hit a puddle and you hide your plane and you could have took it all the way off the road and just completely gave up. I mean, there there are a lot of things that you shared tonight that are were deep, deeper yeah, I'm than... I'm sorry for the ugly cry. Like, I can't. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody blamed you for... An ugly cry. I mean, I don't even know that I could have gotten through it because, I mean, it just takes so much courage to be that vulnerable. You know, the the great thing for me is, you know, you don't know who's on the phone, and we talked about that a little bit, you know. Some people came on and introduced themselves, but there's a lot of text messages and hangout comments that I've received since we started the call and saying they were on. So, you know, the part of the call being anonymous except for the person speaking and me kind of moderating it is, I think, awesome because people can get on this call and never ask a question and you can touch their soul. And, I mean, for me, that's that the... That helped me to get out there because, you know, I'm kind of private with that. I think um, everybody it, is. Yeah, it took me about three months to even mention the word miscarriage at all. Yeah. You know, it took me about four months. And, you know, the funny part of that for me... And I don't even know that it's funny, but back in February when Demetra did her call and she talked about how losing her baby had a huge impact on her marriage and your response to her sharing that and that connection, even though you guys have never met each other and you're from the same area, which is really cool, right? But Yeah, I you, figured they were from Fayetteville. When, yeah, but, you guys are from the same area. And, you know, you had that connection, and she made it okay for you. She kind of validated your feelings, right? Yes. Because yes. she was somebody who went through it, and I know there was another person that you were introduced to that helped you go through it. And for me in particular, I think it's really important for people not to just hear that the success stories are – for me, there's a gap, right? People – see these celebrities out here and they see these uber successful people who seem to have no flaws and their lives are perfect and there's no conversation about the journey to get there or it's romanticized because people don't want to talk about the things that they struggle with. And, you know, for me, for somebody to be this courageous and this vulnerable, it just does everything for me because these are the things that people are dealing with quietly. It's kind of like being in a fish tank. You're the fish, but somebody turns the water, they, they, they heat the water up, and you're nobody can hear you screaming, but everybody's watching you, and, you know, you try to swim around like everything's okay, but you're looking for some relief, and there just isn't relief for that. 
Because, I mean, well, it's I your I world. I tell you what, once I finally got comfortable with it and it was able to say, I know I made some uncomfortable because it helps me to talk about it. Not yeah. get over it. That's not the word I'm looking for. But, you know, it helps me to process by talking about it. So I know I've made people uncomfortable with what it is. If you ask me how I'm doing and on that day I'm struggling with it, then I'm going to speak. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned a lot is that, you know, there's a lot of people who just don't care. Oh, they are numb. They are detached. And they ask you how they're doing as a greeting and not because they actually care about you oh, as a person or what's going on in your world. Yeah, but I decided to make them sorry for it. No, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me how I'm doing if you don't really know what I'm going to So what do you see for your future? What's, what's the rest of 2016 look like, and what do you see going into 2017? Yeah. I actually have a two-and-a-half-year plan. Oh, I forgot to talk about going back to school. Go. So quickly, I actually got back into, because I have my master's degree in instructional technology, but I decided last year, because I don't know why, but learning, like, helps. Like I said, when my brother passed away, I went on and I ended up getting degrees. I just engulfed myself in school. So after the loss of Maggie, I said, okay, I'm going back to I'm going to do something, maybe as a distraction or whatever, but I, I'm going to do something. So I actually went back to school. I finished the application process during summer school last year and began school in August to become a principal. So I have a two-and-a-half-year plan that involves mind, body, and spirit. And like I said, those are the three factions of health that you got to have all connected. And, I mean, you know, and some people, spiritual, that's, that's your, your church home and all that stuff. But, I mean, it's not always... So anyway, my two-and-a-half-year plan, finish school. Like I said, I want to purchase a home, but I know I, I have to get your blessings because I have to be ready for that. So I become an assistant. So that's all, like, you know, mind type for for body, get back into So like I said, I'm sitting at 250, 258, somewhere between. But, again, I'm okay with it because I can run half marathons. I can do my classes. I can, I can do everything that I was doing at 250, 220. It's just not maybe as aesthetic. So I'm going to work on that. Got to get my thyroid in order first. So, um. Finish school, purchase home, become an assistant, get back in shape, and build a healthy relationship going to, or lead to, you know what I'm saying, build a healthy relationship. My five goals. I know you can do all of them. I know you can. Are there any questions or thoughts out there? You know, we're right at an hour right now. One comment, having overcome all the obstacles have already overcome, tough as you know you are, that two-and-a-half-year plan. So. <laughs> Pusher Clark, Pusher <laughs> she's sandbagging, man. Look, hey, Clark, and what she didn't say is she got that garnishment letter for the IRS, like, as soon as she started school. And so she was trying to figure out how to pay for school and deal with her check being shorter than what she expected. I'm paying for school out of pocket. She's paying as she goes, as she should. Right, no more student debt. And oh, by the way, she just bought a brand new car too. So <laughs> piling it on, man. She is absolutely piling it on and she's I forgot about the car thing. You did forget about the car, but you know, you just got a new job and if I remember correctly, it was like a twenty percent increase or twenty five percent pay increase. And then Well no no no, I got the car in twenty fourteen though. Yeah. But you didn't have a one or two year note either. I mean, you were in the infancy of paying for that thing. And then that was around the same. You twenty fourteen, you were still living at home too, right? Or had you already moved I, out when you got I your car? I bought the car and then I moved out. So what happened right. was in twenty fourteen, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try for a house again. Oh, I can't get a house. Well, you know what? F it. I'm gonna get a car. I'm gonna get the car I want. And then I don't know. It just dawned on me. I was like, I'm about to be thirty two, and I'm still living at the house. Which, by the way, I moved home because my brother passed away. I could have stayed in Greensboro and taught school up there and everything, but when my brother passed, that changed my path, like, tremendous. And it was unexpected. It was a gunshot wound to the head. It was just, and, yeah, that, that set me on a different path than what I thought I was on. So, yeah, I moved back home. After, what, 10 years, I was like, you know what, or eight years or whatever, I was like, oh, what? I want to try this living on my own. So, Clark, she was leveraged to the helm, buddy. Wow. And yeah, that's the whole catastrophe thing. Trying, trying to figure out how you're going to put the pieces together. And I mean, it feels like hell when you're going through it, but it teaches you how to be resourceful. And then that resourcefulness, I think, allows you to do things. But yeah, she's sandbagging, man. We're gonna to have to get some bigger dreams, right? These aren't, <laughs> these are not going to be inspirational for her. Just 
all the stuff she went through. Yeah, next time we talk, I want to hear about this big audacious goal that lies in. Well, I did talk to him about a half marathon, but I don't, I don't know about all that just yet. I'm not uh, a half marathon, a full marathon. Oh, we're going to work on it. Clark's holding you accountable, too, worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good Clark here, too. So I got to connect Melody with Anna Clark. Got it. Okay. I'll do better. That's Team mine. high. That's you mine. can do it. Anything else? Question? All right. Well... I won't drag it out. I know there are other questions. Well, if I if I get them in phone calls or text messages or some other communication, I'll share them with you. You know, you shared a lot of things that are really personal, and I'd be uncomfortable asking you questions about them, even though you don't have to say your name on these calls when asking questions. I just want to tell you thank you. I know you said you were nervous before the call, but that Absolutely. did not show through at all. You are good enough. I think you've inspired some people tonight. If nobody else on the call was inspired, I, I know I was because you went through your nightmare and you came out on the other end and you're stronger and you're better for it. And you've got something that you can connect with just about anybody on. I mean, if somebody wants to bring you a sob story, you can tell them that they can make it through it and you're living proof of why they can make it through it. And not only make it through it, but thrive on the other side of it. I enjoy being a fan. I'll be a fan for as long as you're doing the right things. Um, you know, I'm not going to support you if you want to do things that don't make sense, but, you know, that's know. part of it. That's part of it. So with that, you know, I'll end the call unless there's anybody else who wants to jump in. And just if not, hey, say, that. just want to say, Mel, you definitely are very inspiring. Several years ago when you started that whole journey, I think I reached out to you and let you know that you inspired me to start my own. So keep up the good work, Doc. How much weight have you lost? Who, me? Yeah, you. 47 pounds. Oh. Yep. See, people are watching even if they don't tell you they're watching. So keep going. Keep striving. Don't be ashamed of your story. Don't be ashamed of your success because for those people with those people who aren't jealous, they can celebrate the success with you. And it lets them know that it's possible for them to. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamshouldbereal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it. Get it how you live, and that's just what I did. You know I hustle all day and all night for You know I hustle all day and all night for